We have reached the quarter turn of the 2020 NFL regular season. The Chicago Bears going for a 4-0 start to their season, a perfect month of September, uh, even though we technically played in October, but we call it the first month of the season anyways. And this here on We Are Regal Radio, Bears Preview, fourth and goal series, where we give you four keys to a Bears victory each and every game that they go out. So this week, the Bears will be hosting the Indianapolis Colts in what should be a pretty interesting matchup because these teams are very, very familiar with each other, not just geographically, but Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts, one-time Bear Scout, and even in consideration for the Bears' uh, GM position when Ryan Pace was hired, Matt Nagy, Frank Reich, they're very uh, familiar with each other as they both come from the Andy Reid tree. So with that, we will make way for our first goal. And the first goal that I have for the Chicago Bears in this game is is almost a question. And that is, what are we going to see from Matt Nagy? Because for the first time really in his tenure with the Chicago Bears, He's going to have a quarterback that he has ultimate faith in that can lead the offense because they know it and they know how to read defenses and process information. But not only that, have enough physical talent and tools that you can really do some things because some people might quickly point, well, what about Chase Daniel? You know, he was a guy that really knew the playbook, but obviously very, very limited talent-wise and physically. He really couldn't do much more than what Mitch could give you each and every week. So Nick Foles, he obviously is not a perfect quarterback. I don't want to make it sound like he is just this bona fide starting quarterback that the Bears have, but he can throw the football downfield. He's good at reading defenses. He's good at getting the ball out of his hand, and he knows this system and he knows this playbook. So the question, I think, becomes what do we start seeing now from Matt Nagy as the play caller and as the offensive guru of this team and the lead offensive coach? You know, what do the Bears kind of become? Because last year with Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy, it was uh, a lot of throwing and abandonment of the run. You could say probably the same thing in 2018, but Mitch was running a lot more or at least uh, had some opportunities to run a lot more. Either way, the running game has kind of always seemed to be ignored by Matt Nagy, except for this season. And he has really done an excellent job, I think, of staying balanced within the offense. But will he continue to have that balance between run and pass? Or do we start seeing more of a shift back to a lot more passing than running? And of course, it doesn't mean with uh, any quarterback that you have to be 50-50. But one thing that is very, very important is the Bears cannot give up on the run. And Matt Nagy has to make sure that he continues to go with it, even if it's not necessarily his favorite thing to do. So far on the young season, the Bears are ranked 11th in rushing at uh, averaging in a game 138 yards and 4.9 yards a carry. That's really good stuff. I mean, you don't want to abandon the run game when it's averaging five yards a carry. So does it get kind of changed around a little bit? Do we see more RPOs? One thing that Mitch is very comfortable with 
was being under center. It seemed like he really took to it a little bit more naturally than shotgun, which is kind of surprising because he was always in shotgun, but that's what at least the coaches have told us. Does that now change? Because we did see a big uptick in under center plays from the Bears offense compared to any other year in Matt Nagy's tenure. Do they go back to more of a shotgun, open, RPO type thing? Do they maybe run the ball similar to how they've done it so far this year with commitment and put more of an emphasis on the play action game and throwing it downfield? Does Matt Nagy say, you know what, we need to throw it a lot to set up our run game because it seems like one of his things that he would like to do is throw, 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 get a big lead, now let's run out the clock. And does he kind of shift towards that kind of style of play calling? So what Matt Nagy does in this game is going to be a big key because it's obviously going to be an example of what he will be doing moving forward with Nick Foles. But he really is in full control of his offense and has a player under center at that quarterback position in Nick Foles that he really trusts. What does that equal? Does this equal more offense, more points? Does it equal some positives in certain areas but maybe some negatives in some other areas so whatever he does and how he calls it and as much as the Colts want to prepare for this Bears offense in a way you kind of can't because you haven't seen this type of quarterback in it does Matt Nagy find a way to make that even a part of his advantage in attacking the Colts so should be very interesting to see that aspect of it and that is why that is our first goal here for the Bears trying to get a victory against the Colts this Sunday. Moving along to our next goal, the focus goes to the offensive line and the defensive line, or also known as the Battle of the Trenches. Because both of these teams want to pride themselves on physicality, especially up front at the point of attack. Uh, The Bears' offensive line, you know, really questionable coming into the season. They added Jermaine Effetti at right guard, and he has had a pretty good season so far, and it looks like a pretty good pickup from Ryan Pace. But overall, this group, and Juan Castillo talked about it going into the year, he wanted a physical group, and that's how they've been. They've been a team that's really been trying to muscle up and and hit you in the mouth this year compared to a season ago. And even though there's some limitations for this team, you know, James Daniels needs to be a little bit more consistent if the tackles could play a little bit better, but I think they're, you know, just an average pair in Bobby Massey and Charles Leno. You know, they'll they'll be solid just depending on the matchup, depending on who they have to go up against. They're better against certain profile of defenders versus others, like Charles Leno sometimes really struggles with speed rushers, and, and that's a little bit of a concern when you go up against Darius Leonard of the Colts. And looking at the Colts squad, they have arguably the best offensive line in football. I mean, a lot of all pros led by Quentin Nelson, the uh, much-talked-about guard that went uh, to the Colts before the Bears took Roquan Smith back in 2018. And Quentin Nelson has, you know, lived up to the billet. He's one of the best guards in football. He plays on the left side. Uh, Should see... Some matchups against Akeem Hicks, so that can be a lot of fun if you want to key in on some offensive line and defensive line play. Those two battling uh, it out one-on-one would be a lot of fun, even if it's not going to happen too, too often because normally Hicks is on the right side and uh, Quentin Nelson is on the left side. So can the Bears 
match up really with what should be a, a pretty physical group. And the, the highlight matchup is going to be the Bears pass rush versus that Colts offensive line. And not even just the pass rush, also stopping the run with that Bears defensive front that's very talented versus the very talented front of the, off, of the Indianapolis Colts. Not to say that the other battle, the Bears offensive line versus the Colts defensive front, isn't extremely interesting and have a lot and has a lot of uh, really talented players as well. That is going to be as important of a matchup as the previous one that we stated. I mean, both of these teams, like I said, want to be physical up front. The Bears have really struggled to stop the run so far this year. And knowing that you're going up against a big offensive line that's very strong and talented that can move people around. And the Colts, they would like to run the football, even though they haven't been super good at it this year. They are 17th so far in the league, averaging 119 yards per game. So that's that's pretty good stuff overall. And what puts them is at three what puts them 17th is 358 total yards. But as I said, the yards per game is an impressive just shade under 120 yards. So if they come in here with their ability to run the football and the Bears inability to stop it so far this season, that's going to pose a lot of problems for this Bears squad. So they're going to have to make sure that they are up to task for a battle in those trenches. And uh, so far on the young season, the Bears ranked 16th in stopping the run and have been giving up about 120 yards per game, 119 to be exact. So it, it seems like the Colts are going to get a good amount on the on the ground unless the Bears, you know, start showing a defensive ability there that we haven't quite seen so far in the first three weeks. But uh, certainly, whoever has got a strong advantage in the trenches is going to have a really good positioning to win this football game. And both of these teams are looking at that area and thinking, we need to win that, that battle in the trenches for us to win this football game. Our third goal will kind of run along with our previous one, how the Bears need to win in the trenches. Well, another area where the Bears really need to win in this game is the takeaway turnover margin because Philip Rivers has thrown three interceptions so far on the young season. Uh, he has had an issue with that going back to the previous season. Not the most arm strength. He really is all about accuracy and timing. So if the Bears can do some things to maybe mess up his timing, like collapsing the pocket around him, uh, get him moving somewhat at all because he cannot really throw on the run whatsoever or even just through different things like press man coverage winning at the battle uh, at the line of scrimmage against these receivers and throwing off the timing in that sense and if you can do enough of that there should be opportunities where especially guys like eddie jackson you know kyle fuller is not necessarily an interception machine but he does a good job breaking on routes especially when he gets a good view of what teams are doing and and really understands what they're doing so without a doubt getting a, a pass rush is going to be paramount because that should reap extra rewards for the bears unlike certain quarterbacks you know if Philip Rivers, you get that clock going, you may, you, again, mess up that timing whatsoever, it's going to be very difficult for him to get the ball there with enough uh, velocity that a defender won't be able to undercut or be able to read and react and get over back into position. 
but it's also going to be the little things. And I'm sure Chuck Pagano has been on his secondary all week in talking to them about how, how important it is to have their jams, to be correct with their footwork and to do all the little things that might affect the timing of a play or get them into a position where, you know, if you can get to be a 50-50 ball, again, Phillip Rivers has accuracy, but there's going to be that opportunity where you have a split second to maybe readjust your body because it's not, it's not coming in there like an Aaron Rodgers fastball or a Patrick Mahomes fastball where it's so accurate and so on you so quickly that there is no room for error whatsoever. The Bears will have some room for error, but with saying that, Phillip Rivers also tore this defense up in the second half of the Chargers game a season ago. Now, an Eddie Pinero kicked field goal that goes in. We're not talking about uh, a Chargers upset like it was a season ago where it kind of unraveled the season. But Phillip Rivers has shown that even against this defense, and he felt a lot of heat and pressure that day and wasn't had a, a dreadful first half. But he found a way to come back and compete, and he really hit some incredible passes downfield and led his team back into a position at that won them that game. So if you're the Bears, you've seen him before, even if it's been in a very limited uh, sample size, but you got to take advantage of this opportunity where if you can get some takeaways from Phillip Rivers, and that really hasn't been an impossible task when you look at the last two seasons, this one, even though it's very young, and a season ago, that would be obviously huge when you talk about victory, but just so, so important that maybe you can not go down to a final play by taking advantage of some opportunities earlier in the game. We move now to our last goal, and our last goal is just going to focus on the injury report because, unfortunately for the Bears, it looks like uh, this is going to be one of their first real tests in terms of a team, but also in terms of a healthy team because you look at the Lions in week one, the Giants in week two, and of course, the Falcons in week three. The Bears always benefited to some kind of major injury to their opposing team, whether it was Kenny Galladay or all the cornerbacks that went down during the game against the Lions, whether it was Saquon Barkley and Sterling Shepard going down against the Giants, or whether it was Julio Jones not being able to suit up and then Grady Jarrett going down at the end of the fourth quarter and not being able to play when the Bears were making their run offensively. So all these players that I named, uh, you know, when you're talking about going pure backup corners and then losing all that other star power, that's tough. I, I mean, the Bears get a huge advantage. And when you look at what's happened with them, I mean, there's no major injury that you can really point to. I mean, really the only, and I'm putting air quotes around this, injury that the Bears have had is Eddie Goldman not being here due to the COVID virus. I mean, if COVID wasn't happening, Eddie Goldman would be here. And if he was healthy, I mean, we'd be talking about the Bears as extremely healthy and probably would be looking at them a little bit differently defensively too. This week, unfortunately, no advantage. I mean, fortunately that no one's hurt, but unfortunately for the Bears, no major advantage that, uh, you know, should derail the Colts. They have two guys listed as out already, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. and T.J. Carey. Pittman Jr., a wide receiver, Carey, a cornerback. 
don't know exactly how high up they are on the food chain, but uh, certainly not the star power because T.Y. Hilton, the star receiver who's listed there, will be playing. As for the Bears, they look pretty good too. I mean, Khalil Mack is the one that jumps out, limited in practice all week, questionable for Sunday, but he's been kind of questionable all year and has continued to play. I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if he didn't. And other than that, it looks like Sherrick McManus, the uh, stud special teamer, is doubtful to play in this game. Uh, but I don't know if we're going to look at uh, a stud special teamer as the big difference. Everybody else looks good to go for the Bears, and pretty much everyone fully participated on Friday that was at all kind of questionable earlier in the week. So both teams are extremely healthy going into this matchup and it should provide maybe some fireworks because this should be a very very competitive game and I would think it's going to come down to at least the fourth quarter if not deep into the fourth quarter unless the Bears or the Colts you know making a ton of mistakes early that buries them late in that second half but I just don't expect that type of game I think this is going to be a little bit back and forth and all us Bears fans and analysts, you know, personalities, everyone that has any type of investment in the Bears, whether it's for content or just fun, uh, this is this is a nice test to see where the Bears are truly at because obviously playing well against the Falcons, really, really nice kudos to the Bears. Whether or not there's no fans, you know, you're going on the road in that dirt, in the, on that turf, in that dome. Uh, it's not necessarily the easiest of places to play, especially against a team like the Falcons, who, albeit, have struggled. They got some talent, and they've got a, a proven winner at quarterback, even though I probably shouldn't go too hard on proven winner with how the Falcons have been blowing leads this year. But regardless of that, the Bears handled the test, and they passed with flying colors overall once Nick Foles came into the game. Now Nick Foles is your quarterback. This is another big test. You're at home. You should find a way to get this one done. You know, the Bears are as talented, I would say, as the Colts, maybe even more so depending on how good Phillip Rivers is because I'm sure plenty of people might argue Nick Foles is the better quarterback at this stage of their careers between him and Phillip Rivers. So enjoy, Bears fans. Should be a lot of fun. It's nice that everybody's healthy, I guess. Uh, again, I say I guess because it would be nice for the Bears to have an advantage, but of course, we don't want anybody getting injured. You don't want to have a root for that. These athletes are already going through way too much uh, pain and misery for us to be hoping for other injuries. But a nice thing should be that we'll get a really good idea come Monday morning how everyone views the Bears and where we really think they might be going at the uh, end of the season now that we've finished the first quarter of it with uh, three more quarters to go.